Hello and welcome to the EM Over Easy podcast. I'm Andy Little. I'm Tanner Grimes. And we are flying, I guess not solo, because Drew's not here today. Pilot, co-pilot with no uh, flight attendant. Or backseat driver, (laughs) like we could call Drew. He's our backseat driver. Um, He's off doing some EMS uh, education this morning. So we are again here at DK Diner, um, chatting about all things emergency medicine. So Tanner, anything like epic been happening lately at work? The most recent thing was... I was I was doing a shift, uh, fast track shift, and had the very last patient of the day be the sickest patient or potentially most sickest patient. It turns out to be it was a concern for epiglottitis, and it just it, not so much the case itself. It ended up turning out fine. She didn't have any major issues, but she after getting scoped by ENT and everything. But it was more so the um, what do you have anything you specifically do it towards the end of your shift to help keep your mind a little sharper? Do you slow down a bit? Do you talk things over with somebody more thoroughly than you would earlier on the shift? Uh, do you have anything that you specifically do? Yeah, so I think that the first thing you said was important is you slow down. Um, it's really easy, I think, at the end of a shift to be like, all right, I'm out of here in 45 minutes. Let's just, yeah. let's just bang this out and, um, and be done. Um, I think one thing is it's, it's cautioning your nurses that, hey, we might get a sick one before we go, so let's just not get in the treat them and treat them kind of mentality. And then I think the second thing you said is that when you do get one that you might be a little worried about is, you know, if you work in a place where you have the luxury of having a, a partner, um, just go run it by them and say, hey, am I, am I missing anything? Am I overthinking this? Um, and then if it's a sticky situation like yours was, we had to deal with a consultant, um, kind of in a place where you're not, you don't usually work, maybe asking them like, hey, how would you guys typically handle this? That way you don't seem off base or inappropriate when you call your consultant and outside the normal. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good wake up call. One of the first times in a while that my heart just started going because I realized this is actually a sick patient. I wasn't expecting to be there. I'm on fast track side. This is supposed to be just. Literally street and street yeah. type of stuff, and I walk in the room, and your antenna goes up just a little bit, and then it just keeps going up and up and up, and all of a sudden you're like, oh well, <laughs> yeah. this patient actually needs to go to the main side. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was actually actually also the first time that I've had to I think legitimately push against some pushback from a consultant, yeah. and it wasn't a major pushback, but they were just kind of hedging a little bit on, no, well, do I really need to come in type of thing? I'm like, dude. The radiologist said acute epiglottitis on the x-ray. I, I can't not have you. It's like, well, we don't really have facilities to, right now to hold this patient because they're young, they're only 16 or whatever, and I'm like, I, I can't ship this person without an airway or you seeing them. So yeah, it's one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> you need to come in. He goes, yeah, you're right. All right, I'll be there. Yeah. And, and I think the valuable thing there is, is that um, knowing exactly... I wouldn't say what buttons to push, but what phrases to, to mention in a conversation. Yeah, it was very cordial, yeah. but it was just one. I realized he was kind of starting to go that route. I'm like, oh, okay, let's just track back here a little bit. And it was a good experience. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. No, those are those are moments that are good to have in residency, especially, you know, because when you're an attending, you might be working single coverage, and it's just you, and, and your manager definitely would change that patient. If it was just you single coverage, you know, that, that yeah. came in, and, you're, and you work in a place that maybe doesn't do sign-out of patients, and you had to stay late. In a different situation, a different setting, that's somebody you would just intubate, and then send for an evaluation where you had the luxury of actually getting your consultant on board. Those are the cases that definitely make you a better provider when you're done with them. I've heard some of our uh, topics from last recording was uh, very popular with the people. Yeah, I, I think it's... Uh, the unanimous vote is, is that you uh, outsmarted Drew and actually cargo pockets is what the conversation was and I think that you won that argument. I agree. He's not uh, here to refute he's it. He's not here so. to refute it so he's going to officially lose on air. That's okay with me. 
Yeah, I'll take that victory. No, no. Uh, if we're talking about previous episodes, my mom got a hold of the podcast somehow. <laughs> I, well, I, I sent it to my dad. He's the logistics assistant. I said, hey, you might think this is funny. And it wasn't 20 minutes later, I get this call from my mom. And she's oh, like, gosh. so do you and your friends think you're really funny? And I was like, what do you mean? And so she tells me about how she listened to the podcast. And she just laughed the whole time. And I was like, well, good. You're not our market. But if we can get you to laugh, then that means other people are probably going to As long as uh, somebody's laughing and we're not doing this in total futility, I think we're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to be fine. Also, uh, I've had multiple residents come up and ask me about my underwear that I wear. So, I guess that's a plus or a minus. Not yeah. sure. Yeah, they've asked me, but it, <laughs> it just it goes it goes pretty quiet. <laughs> There's one thing in my life I don't talk about. It's underwear. Drew Drew opened Pandora's box for us. Oh, uh, you anything else uh, recent for you? Oh no, it's uh, there's been a couple really good cases. Had a, had a good another. We're talking about airways. We can talk about one where, you know, it's the patient that comes in mixed overdose or concerned for mixed overdose altered. You know, alcohol's on board. Maybe something else is on board. And that person that you're like, all right, they're here. Pre-hospital gave some Narcan. And you're like, well, they start, they went down that train. And so nursing says, hey, let's give some more Narcan. And you're just sitting there and you're like, you know, right now he's calm enough to where I know that I have one option and that's to intubate him or not. And that's a good option because, well, I can control his airway, whatever's in his system, he can sleep off. Um, you know, he, he had a GCS of three, maybe, maybe three to five, but was definitely intubatable. And so, you know, kind of to my chagrin. Three is definitely intubatable. Yeah. No, GS, you know, yeah, no, it's less than eight intubate, right? Yeah. And so, uh, but he kind of was waxing and waning GCS. And, and so I'm like, well, let's give some more Narcan. You're right. EMS gave some. Let's just go down that road. And so we gave some more Narcan. And that was the biggest mistake in this patient. So we give him some Narcan. And he goes from being pretty comatose to where he's riding that 9 to 11 combative, just awake enough drunk to be a problem, but not asleep enough to be like, okay, just, just sleep it off. And we don't know what's in his system yet, and he's kind of acting squirrely, and he's altered, and you know, you walk in there one minute, and he doesn't have a gag, and he's completely unresponsive, and you go in there the next minute when I'm like, oh, I need to tube this guy, and then he's like a little angry, and he's swinging at nursing, and so at the end of the day, it was one of those where I was like, all right, I've been in this guy's room way too much. Yeah. We just need to solve the problem. I don't know what's in his system yet. So we just put him down. And it's one of those we put him down and we're really happy because he tested positive for amphetamines and cocaine. His blood alcohol was 0.4. And this was a guy that even though he looked better after Narcan initially, he probably would have waxed and waned and lost his airway again. And so, not that I'm not an advocate for giving Narcan, but it's one of those where it's like, I feel like now when the pre-hospital gives it, and then I, the patient presents me with what they have, because they typically don't give small doses. They give two, four, six yeah. milligrams. That if after that they aren't completely awake, I'm probably just going to take their airway away instead of poking the bear, unless if I'm going to put them on a Narcan drip to keep them awake for a long term. Because I think that's the one thing we figured is Narcan does have a half-life. It's about 30 minutes. And a lot of these patients are doing drugs, at least in Columbus, where we live, that their half-life is longer than 30 minutes. Well, now the stuff that they're mixing with, like, fentanyl and... Fentanyl. So long-acting long opioids that last a little bit longer than just the heroin that's on and off. And it's not, definitely not a perfect science, but it's one thing that, like, this was one that really questioned my, my previous practice of, let's just keep giving Narcan. Because some of these people just need to sleep it off. I say those ones, are, those ones are tough because a lot of these people, I feel like if they come in, they're at a good spot, they're mo being monitored. Yeah. You can you can get away if they're, if they're sleepy, but they're still, you know, quote unquote, protecting their airway. Yeah. You can try just watching and waiting and see how they do, and this things comes back. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and, and and unfortunately for me, there was also the the factor of he came in covered in vomit. Yeah. He had vomited pre EMS. Like there were other factors. Involved, this is and this yeah, and yours sounds like a little bit different scenario, a little more deeper down the hole that you have to yeah. when you start talking consider intubation 
when they get there, then you already know that they're more deep than what I'm kind of talking about in general. But now your your average drug overdose, where it's you're pretty sure it's single agent. I, I think those are the those are the people that are perfect to give Narcan. Awesome. Those are people that are perfect to keep yes. giving Narcan to and seeing how they do. But other than that, like just you know, emergency medicines, emergency medicine, a lot of chest pains, a lot of abdominal pains, a lot of vaginal bleeding. You know, I saw on Twitter the other day that we're the best 15 minutes of every specialty, and I think that's mostly true. Except for OB, <laughs> I think I think on OB we got the short end of the stick. I, you know, yeah, because yeah. on me the best 15 minutes of OBGYNs delivering babies, and I'll have delivered a couple babies. It's not what we normally do. Is there a best 15 minutes of OBGYN? Uh, that's a good question. I would say if you had no to offense pick to the my best. OBGYN friends and fellows out there, I am just not a fan of OBGYN in yeah, general. Yeah, no, 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 no complaints here. <laughs> You're not going to hear any uh, deceitment here. So, uh, but yeah, no, I read that and, 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 you know, everything else is kind of par for the course. It's been odd, you know, with uh, my wife giving me a weekly countdown of how many days I have left. I know that I'm only a resident, I'm only protected in my training for another 80-some days. And, Actually, uh, 74. 70-something, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. It There's a countdown, counting. big yeah. countdown on the screen. We sat there in a room for that like That is true, it was, yeah, it's true, it was 74. Yesterday was such an interesting, for the, for the rest of the people, we had a big resident meeting and everything, but we had a, an actual a lecture that was given to us that essentially was kind of like a propaganda lecture for a certain drug in a certain situation. And in those scenarios, it's kind of hard to take things seriously. And what is our role in reversing some of this stuff that goes on? Is, is there any role as a resident to do that? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. But it's just, it's amazing how you can see big pharma and things like that, and the influence it has in the comfort of our own residency, let alone what it would be on the entire country or world. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It, it was very interesting as our all as our whole ER group is sitting there getting frustrated with this. Yeah. Like this is not real. You have to actually present some evidence to yeah. sell me on this, but you're not. You're just talking and saying this is what we should do. Yeah. My wife worked for Big Pharma. Yeah. I'm not gonna mention the company, but she worked for Big Pharma for seven years and. And, uh, you know, I always thought, oh, you know, what she's doing is great, you know, but I was in, I was young and dumb and um, in undergrad and early in medical school and, and uh, not the big pharma, you know, isn't good, you know, uh, like 98% of our current drugs were done by big pharma, the majority of our cool therapies that we do now, we need drugs, we need big pharma, but I felt like yesterday was a great example of where um, rather than a physician filtering what big pharma gave them and actually presenting a realistic actual truth they exactly they put the garbage that pharma gave them in and then they put it out and that's what they gave us yeah rather than looking at the actual whole body of data on this particular drug they looked at the two trials that gave it a pat on the back despite the numerous trials that were either stopped early or failed to show any clinical significance and most of them actually showed up. so it was it was definitely frustrating to be there and not Which, have to raise my hand he's there yesterday you know we're probably the ones that are going to be in those situations the most yeah Maybe internal medicine would be the second. Yeah. So at least, you know, we're aware and, and we know we're kind of getting ourselves into. But yeah. it'll be really interesting to see if anyone listens to this spot, if they'll be able to identify exactly what we're talking about without knowing what we're talking about. That's actually true. That'll be a fun test. If anybody figures that out, make sure you go ahead and let us know because yeah, yeah, uh, no, I'd be curious. Yeah. We'll do the... Um, the hashtag I figured it out, or we'll figure out some hashtag for it. So, uh, but yeah, no, that that was interesting. Speaking of hashtags, yes, this is totally not medicine at all. I don't care. John Oliver from last week tonight. Have you ever watched that show? Very very good. So, did you see the hashtag? I have never sat in a premium location. No, I haven't. So basically, what he did is the New York Yankees had jacked up prices in their like right behind home plates. Okay. Yeah. Amazing premium, quote unquote premium location, and they put out. 
there was a story on how they basically didn't want riffraff getting those seats, and so that's why the prices were high. Oh, wow. Um, they said, these are for the people that are, you know... Uh, high roller... Privileged. Yeah, privileged. So, basically, he goes, well, guess what we've done? We've purchased seats directly behind home plate, and we want to sell them to you for 25 cents if you have never sat in a pro- privileged location or a, a premium location before. Yeah. Just send us a photo of what you plan on wearing there. So for the first, the opening home games, opening day and all the rest of the home games for um, New York Yankees, you had Ninja Turtles sitting directly behind home plate, um, Left Shark from the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Uh, there was unicorns, there was dinosaurs. All these people were dressed up in ridiculous costumes. In their premium seats. That's awesome. It was it was amazing. I was laughing so hard. So every like, time the camera pans to home plate. Yeah. And and, and these people funny. were perfect because they show up and they're just having a good time. They're dancing around yeah. in a baseball game. That's exactly what be. the Yankees did not want that. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. I loved it. Well, so I love hashtags like that. Oh, that's awesome. I think that uh, covered a decent amount today. Got some good clinical topics, some good non-clinical topics. I have my awesome Egyptian mug that I chose here today, Steve. And I think it's time for uh, for us to go partake in the rest of our day. Yeah. I think you have to work, and I have to go enjoy my day off. You had to bring that up, didn't you? Yes, I did. Until next time, guys. We'll see you.